With the tampering period underway, the Bengals bring back one of their own and see two go to other teams. Let's get into what happened early on Monday and what's next for the Bengals. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Free agency via the tampering period underway. We're part of the Locked On podcast network here on Locked On Bengals, bringing you coverage of your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So go ahead and subscribe. Hit the follow button anywhere you get your podcasts and be notified when we upload our content. And you can join the first listening club with all the other Bengals fans out there making us their first listen. And the news is pretty simple for the Bengals, James, as the free agency tampering period has commenced. Jermaine Pratt unexpectedly back with the Bengals. Von Bell unexpectedly departing to the other Queen City as he will join the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte. And Jesse Bates, as expected, going south to the Atlanta Falcons. And the Bengals continue to find ways to surprise us, James. Every year, it's a little bit different for the last four years in free agency. They've had a different surprise. There's always something. It's not something we're expecting. We haven't been able to catch on to the pattern yet. And this year, it's the return of Jermaine Pratt. Yeah, it's um, it's a surprise on the surface for sure. And I think it's a, a huge get. The fact that you're able to keep Pratt at a, a reasonable contract, a contract that feels like a bargain it's it's kind of interesting we we talked about it and you specifically mentioned on the show a lot of their three-year deals are two-year deals and we were referring to von bell and that's what this is for pratt but hopefully he balls out and plays for three years and and is able to to see the life of that deal but i I don't think it prevents them from keeping logan logan wilson and that's the beauty of this deal and going into free agency i think me a lot of people expected jermaine pratt to have a bigger market I think he expected himself to have more suitors at higher numbers. And I think the Bengals did too. I don't think we were off. I don't think we were like, we were wrong, but I I think the logic made sense that, Oh, Pratt is going to get more than the Bengals are willing to pay. And then he hit the market. And I think his agent was calling the Bengals back like, Hey, we would love to come back (laughs) in in the Bengals, you know, obviously gave him a, a team friendly deal. So that was certainly a surprise but a welcome surprise. And I, I think that Lou Anarumo, as tough as Monday probably was for him, losing Von Bell, losing Jesse Bates, you feel pretty good about keeping 57 around. It's it's such a weird year for linebackers. You have the, the mega deal for Tremaine Edmonds, the four-year $72 million from the Bears, who also signed TJ Edwards, who is arguably a, a top 10 linebacker as an undrafted free agent coming up in Philly for three years, $19.5 million. And the only other deal bigger than Jermaine Pratt's on a per-year basis is Bobby Okereke, who signed with the New York Giants for four years, $10 million a year, up to $10 million a year, I guess. We don't know the exact numbers yet. Reported at four years, $40 million. And Jermaine Pratt at three years, $21, 7000000 million a year mm-hmm. for Pratt. And that's about the number where we said if it's $7 million a year, sure, that's pretty comfortable. And it doesn't necessarily, like you said, out, out, uh, put, put extending Logan Wilson out of reach. $7 million a year is not a ton to spend. 
but the general interior linebacker, off-ball linebacker, whatever you want to call it, market, not pass rushing linebacker market, pretty, pretty six million dollars, six million dollars everywhere. Alex Singleton, three years, eighteen million. Quincy Williams, three years, eighteen million. Alex Anzalone, three years, just under nineteen million. So six and change and six million dollars. T.J. Edwards even six and change is is the standard. And David Long, who I thought would have a bigger market, two years, five and a half million a year. So the market didn't materialize for these off-ball linebackers, and I think that's a big part of why Jermaine Pratt is back. And we still don't have the money on Von Bell either. But James, I mean, I was half joking when I said this, but what do you think the odds are that the Bengals had? One deal written up, three years, seven million a year, offered it to Von Bell. He said, I can get more from Carolina. The Bengals said, Okay, see you later, Von. It's been a pleasure. And we'll talk more about the departures of the safeties. And then turned around and said, Hey Jermaine, we got a three year, twenty one million dollar deal here for you. And I mean that's that would be so Bengals, right? That's what they tend to do. Yeah, I think there's I think that they were going to keep one of them. And I think they still would have preferred probably to keep Vaughn to have some continuity in that, that safety room. But I think early on they realized they were out based on what I've heard after the fact. And there were multiple suitors for Vaughn Bell. He did have that market that, that we discussed that if he had, like this is the path. This is the path to keeping Pratt and losing Vaughn. Is one guy had a huge market uh, compared to what we were thinking. I know the Dolphins, from what I heard, were in on him. The Panthers, obviously, the Bengals wanted to keep him. That did not change. But I I don't think that Pratt had the market he was hoping for. And so when you mix that together, it's it's one of those things where the Bengals, they weighed it, and they said, all right, let's let's keep Pratt. And part of that might have had to do with, with not being able to keep Bell at their number. Who knows what they offered Bell? I don't know exactly. Did they do a similar three-year deal, $21 million? Did they offer him what he got a few years ago, three years, 18? I'm not sure. But I, I agree with you. I don't think that there was a real realistic path, at least, to keeping Bell and Pratt long term. And so that they were able to keep one of them. And that's good because the last thing you wanted was to look at Lou and say, all right, you're going to figure out this linebacker issue. <laughs> you're also going to have to figure out both safety spots. Obviously, one of those goes to Dax Hill and we'll talk about it. But that's just a lot to absorb. You're going to lose some pieces. And, and instead of losing all three, you lose two. So we can dive into the safeties, but uh, I agree with you. I think that the, the Bengals, they wanted to keep one and they kept one at a reasonable salary. No doubt. This is, this is their MO in a number of ways. If you talk about business as usual for the Cincinnati Bengals, what are the things that are typical about this deal? One, a second contract instead of a third contract, the younger player got paid. And, and two, I think they found a market here that is depressed. For whatever reason, linebackers are not getting paid today. They, they didn't get paid on Monday. Two got paid, the rest of them in the six, seven million dollar range. Five and a half for David Long, who was really good, like really good last year. Incredible deal for Miami, to be honest. But the Bengals identify it and they say, okay, we can go to a seven million dollar deal here for a player that we have a very specific role for, who does a lot of things for us, who aligns on the edge in our five man surfaces, who can who can go play man from time to time and can man up, you know, running backs can man up some tight ends, although they did take them off the field on third downs on clear passing downs, was a good run defender, got better every year with the Bengals. 
these are things that, that make it make a lot of sense in that context. It was just the way that, you know, the social media presence went and everything. It seemed like Pratt was going to be the one of these two guys to go. And it didn't work out that way, which is why it's surprising. But when you take a step back, and now that it's happened in hindsight, you, you look at all these things that make it typical for the Bengals. Maybe it shouldn't be as surprising as it ends up being. Well, I think he's surprised too, probably. I mean, just based on that social media, like you said, I just think he thought he was going to have more of a, a market. Mm-hmm. And the Bengals probably had a, a number in mind for Pratt. And of course they wanted him. They wanted all these guys back. They wanted Bates back and Bell back, but at their number. And Pratt was the guy who hit the market and realized, hey, I'm going to go get that number. <laughs> and that's that's where it was. And and so you're right. He, he brings a lot of uh, a lot of experience, continuity, all of those things that we talk about with any of these guys that have returned or that, you know, developed and, and are returning for 2023. But he's also a guy that's, you know, taken part in so many big plays. Right. You talk about mm-hmm. the interception against the Raiders, the the fumble that he forced against Travis Kelsey against the Chiefs in game one this year at, at mm-hmm. Paycor Stadium. A lot of big moments. So it's it's cool to see him continue to build that. And I'm glad because I thought his Bengals tenure was going to come to an end. And instead, it's uh, it's continuing. So it's uh, it's a sad day on one hand with the guys we're about to talk about. But it's certainly an exciting day uh, for Jermaine Pratt. And what do you say we, we dive into some of those uh, other guys? Von Bell, Jesse Bates, they're gone. Both going to the NFC South. I don't know if anybody had the, uh, the Fandle odds on that. But... We'll dive into that coming up next. And speaking of FanDuel, today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point, and really the end of the NBA season is almost here. And what that means is it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So whether you want to have a same-game parlay where you're combining uh, the number of rebounds and points Anthony Davis gets with Julius Randle's points. Did you see that the other night? The Knicks edging out the Lakers. You can wager in a bunch of different ways with FanDuel and get that no-sweat first bet. So don't miss your chance to get in on the action right now and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Speaking of big plays, James, you're talking about all the big plays that Jermaine Pratt was involved in, has been involved in. He continues to be part of the Cincinnati Bengals, obviously. Jesse Bates and Von Bell both had their fair share of momentous plays in their Bengals career as well. And Von Bell in particular, I feel like the the amount of clutch plays, not to say that Jesse doesn't have these as well, but the amount of clutch plays from Von Bell really stand out. The, The work ethic that you always heard about with Von Bell first into the building so often the leadership from both of these guys and, and bringing that secondary together and getting those secondary extra work uh, sessions in there is a void here that the Bengals now have to fill in their secondary. And while there, I think is an argument that perhaps what the Bengals asked remain Pratt to do is harder to replace directly with one single player than what the Bengals asked Von Bell to do. I think that that's a little bit close. And, and you know, both of those guys are good players. But Jesse Bates departing as expected, just weren't expecting to see the Bengals also lose Von Bell. As, as Lou Anarumo said at the Combine, wasn't, 
you know, it will be a dark day if the Bengals lose both of those guys. I think that speaks to what their plans were. And unfortunately, the, the Bengals lose both guys. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. It's tough to lose both guys. And Lou Anarumo describing it, it's going to be a dark day if that happens. It's tough because the continuity part, the leadership part, all of those things. But the best of the two guys was leaving before today. And we knew it. And, and I think it's tough because a lot of people just kind of thought, probably partially my fault and our fault and everybody's fault, that said, oh, well, they're going to go after Von Bell. Well, yeah, they did. I know they did. I know they valued him. But they might have said, you know what? This is one of those positions that we should be really young at because we're going to spend at corner over the next few years, or we're going to spend at receiver, of course, quarterback, of course. They're picking the positions they're really going to spend at. And they might have looked at safety and said, we're not going to spend more than this. And we're going to find a veteran that can fill in for Bell and roll with Dax Hill and Tyson Anderson and Michael Thomas, by the way, who they re-signed to a one-year deal. And that's going to make up our safety room. And that might have been their logic, by the way, they re-signed Michael Thomas before the start of free agency. I don't really think he's going to to play a lot of safety. Obviously, he's a key special teamer, but it is uh, it's a big loss. And losing Bell, we'll see what they do. We can get in some into some of the options that they have in replacing him. But it stinks. It stinks because on one hand, you have a guy in Bates who's 26 that they drafted and developed, and he's one of the better safeties in the league. Like that's not debatable. And on the other hand, they stumbled into Von Bell in 2020 when they were a bad team going nowhere, it felt like. And he was part of the the Trey Waynes, DJ Reader, Von Bell free agency hall. And boy, oh boy, did they hit it, just hit it out of the park with Reader and Bell. And, and Bell was like this diamond in the rough that they added. And it paid off, whether it was the hit on Juju Smith-Schuster or the interceptions earlier this year is playing the AFC championship game against the chiefs at Arrowhead, like Von Bell made big plays. And so it's going to stink to watch him, you know, playing Carolina with another young quarterback. We'll see who they draft there. But uh, we talked about that, a young team that could value what he brings to the table. I get it. I understand wanting him. And I understand why a team like the Panthers did what they needed to do to bring him in. Yeah. I'm going to be very curious to see the money. I haven't seen it either. That's what's weird. Is it still not out? The money for everybody is out there, and the money for Bell is not. It's weird. I think that's like, well, Brandon Faison, we don't have money yet for either, but that's way down the list of cornerbacks that signed today. There's a few that we don't have, but that Von Bell deal is, I think, the biggest deal that's been announced that we don't have money for yet, at least as far as I know. And a lot of them, you're right, they were announced with the money, right away but it, it is interesting when you look at the safety market on the whole james because the bengals obviously you know dax hill is going to step in and be one of their starting safeties next year and they're going to need another one still a lot of guys out there the only safeties that have signed are von bell and jesse bates and then marcus epps and tashawn gibson and tashawn gibson re-signed with the 49ers marcus epps goes to the raiders mm-hmm. on a two-year six million dollar a year deal but the, the safety market hasn't really taken off. And I think I mentioned before today that it's a relatively deep free agent class at safety, whether it's the top of market guys like Jordan Poyer or Chauncey Gardner-Johnson or Juan Thornhill, who we've talked about a lot, or 
they've released John Johnson, who was on the Chargers radar, according to reports on Monday. And, you know, maybe the Bengals aren't in on these guys. Maybe they're, they are. But it's interesting when you look at free agency and you look at the markets that haven't developed. A bunch of linebackers signed today, but for cheap, which is kind of weird because a bunch of them signed, but not for big deals. Jamel Dean didn't get the kind of market he was expecting. Goes back to Tampa Bay on, on a relatively affordable deal for a player of his stature. But, you know, you can also look at tight end. None of those top tight ends signed today. The bottom of the hmm. tight end market, Josh Oliver went out and signed a three-year $21 million deal <laughs> to go be a blocking tight end for Minnesota. Johnny Smith got traded. Hmm. But, you know, the top of that tight end market, nothing happened. The wide receiver market, nothing happened. The running back market, nothing happened. More you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. You're setting our, uh, us up to get jinxed to hell and back between the time that we finish recording <laughs> and the time that we post this episode. Well, neither uh, of us have anything to do tonight, right? I'm not I, going I, to, to a class yeah. and you're not on vacation. Come That's on. right. Yeah, I'm. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. But no, I agree. It's, it's weird. It, it, well, not weird. It's unique. And I, I think that's the part of it that I tweeted relax because people freaked out and they should like, I get it. I get freaking out because Bates and Bell are both gone, but the Bengals are looking at the big picture still. Mm -hmm. And it's not just safety. It's, Oh, well, man, this running back class, free agent class is falling down. And and we know about the, the rumblings about the the Jamal Williams interest. Who knows? Oh, well, and who knows if they were in on Patrick Peterson, right? Maybe they were with a one-year deal and and the Steelers offered him too, but they're looking at all these different positions. It's not just, one spot, oh, we got to fill the safety role now. Maybe they do with a veteran, and I think they ultimately will. I do too. But they're looking at this market like, all right, let's just breathe. Hayden Hurst is a good example last year. Uzama left, and it was like, oh, what are they going to do? And then Conklin, and there was rumored, in, rumored interest in him. And then the, the chips fell, and they got Hayden Hurst. And I don't think it might it, – and it might take that long. It might not take that long to land a, uh, a safety – but I think that's kind of what they're doing. They're letting the market play out. They probably have a pocket of guys that they like, mm-hmm. and they're going to try to land one of those guys. And and maybe it's Monday night, maybe it's Tuesday morning, maybe it's Wednesday morning. But I, I think that they're confident that they can do that. I think safety is something that I'm watching now. I, I don't know that they're going to want to go into the draft needing a guy. I don't know that they're going to be comfortable with the guys they have on the roster. And so – that's something that I'm certainly keeping an eye on uh, is a safety position. By the way, just as an aside, Jesse Bates, 16 million APY average per year does qualify him to be a third Ooh. round compensatory pick. Look just at you. on that bubble. Look at you. So as the Bengals <laughs> have lost a couple guys now and brought back Jermaine Pratt, it's just something that we're going to keep an eye on, right? Because if they can keep that third round pick, maybe that's the only comp pick they get because they're going to lose some other guys most likely. Maybe they only get one. But if, you, if you're if you in line for a third, that, that's something else to watch, I think, as free agency develops as far as what kind of deals they end up going for down, down the road here. And they've already shown that like the market they want to continue to play in is the same as we've seen for them the last few years, which is kind of that mid-tier mid-tier market that seven million to ten million dollar market is is probably the top end of, of where they want to play i would assume yeah yeah we'll, we'll see exactly what they do let's uh let's continue this conversation i have a thought 
on offensive line. Mm-hmm. And we can discuss that in more coming up next. Today's show, though, is brought to you by Built Bar, the number one protein bar on the planet. And the Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff, and now it's time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. You know I'm going to be voting for the mint chocolate. I, I love the mint chocolate built bar. And, and I, that's one of my go-tos. I, I think uh, Jake is more of a coconut puff guy. The point is though, is you can vote right now. And all you have to do is go to builtmarchmadness.com. And when you vote for your favorite built bar or puff, you're going to be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built bars free. Think about that. I'm going to try to vote 50,000 times so I can get this free box and you should try it too. And not only that, but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to built and have built best bars or puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. What makes built bars so good? Well, high protein, low sugar, low calorie. So grab one today and go to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box when you're there, or you can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. I'm going to vote right after we're done with the show again, builtmarchmadness.com. All right, James, you have a thought for me about the offensive line. What are you thinking? Who are they going yeah. to sign? What, what, not that, but oh. everyone's freaking out about safety. What if they said F those safeties and they were just really pursuing Jermaine Illuminor, right? And they were like, I'm going to find it, get this, this right tackle position solved. And that's it. And, yeah. you know, would anyone be mad at that? And they're like, ah, safety's running slow. Offensive line's hot. McGlinchey got built bars and built bars worth of, of money. I mean, geez, oh, Pete's what Mike McGlinchey got was insane. The chiefs. I, I think that's a risk by the way. I, what they're doing, it is. Let, let's, let's sign a right tackle and move him to left tackle because it sort of worked with Orlando Brown because we don't really love Orlando Brown, but we want a long-term answer. All right. Was Joan Taylor that? I don't know. So I, that's scary to me. And so we'll see what the Bengals do. And by the way, I guarantee you the Bengals looked at that and they're like, really? That's what you're doing. So we'll see what they do offensive line wise, but don't think we forgot about the offensive line. That's certainly a big part of, of yeah. what they need to do. And, and we're not locked on Chiefs, so I'm not going to defend the Jawan Taylor signing too much. Four years, eighty million dollars for Jawan Taylor to go play left tackle. As soon as we saw the money, I was in a, a Twitter Spaces at the time, uh, and, and I was like, "Well, that that's not right tackle money, right? That's got to be left tackle money." Mm-hmm. And and sure enough. They're asking him to play left tackle. They do have a great offensive line coach in Kansas City. They have a great quarterback that's going to make blocking easy for the left tackle, the new left tackle, the Kansas City Chiefs and Jawan Taylor. But we'll see how that deal goes. Mm-hmm. Young player, plays a lot, hasn't missed much time in the NFL. There are things to like about it for sure. Um, but how about the Chiefs and, and 49ers? 49ers splash in four years, $80 million on Hargrave. Chiefs. Four years, eighty million on Taylor. These, you know, Super Bowl and Final Four teams making big moves. Uh, the Eagles, meanwhile, losing their entire defense. My uh, God, and the Bengals losing their two safeties. Uh, speaking of the the rest of the Final Four teams, and, and focusing on the Bengals, it is interesting to to think about what the Bengals are are doing on the offensive line. If it is Jermaine Illuminor, great. Uh, I think we've talked about that. He's represented by Mulligetta. On this podcast. Uh, there you go. I, I also mentioned earlier, at some point, the Bengals have to figure out how to work with this guy. He's going to continue to grow his clientele base because he continues to get what his clients want. And he also represents T. Higgins. So, 
you know, the, the Bengals have to figure out how to get contracts done with David Mulligetta. Maybe Jermaine Illuminor is a, a possibility for that. You look at some of the tackle deals that have been signed. Andre Dillard, former first-round pick, uh, right? Goes to the Tennessee Titans three years, yeah. just under $30 million, uh, first just under $10 million yeah. a year. Wild, by the way. Wiley. Tennessee, yeah. desperate. I mean, the, the, the draft pedigree really just sti- – I mean, look at the TJ Evers deal for an, another example in the other direction of draft pedigree really sticking with guys. Yeah. Andrew Wiley signs a three-year $24 million deal, so $8 million a year, just under $10 million a year for Dillard. Does that mean that it's eight nine? Million I like Wiley better. I like Wiley better, right? Is it is it 8-9 to nine for Illuminor? It probably is. And so do the Bengals – are they even in that? They might I, not I be. wonder. Maybe. Depends on how badly they feel they need a right tackle. I wouldn't be surprised if they're looking at this interior defensive line market somewhere. I mean, it's it's not been cheap. That's not why I say that, but it just wouldn't. Elias Campbell. I I wouldn't say no. I would say yes. Yeah. I I don't think he's going to break that bank at 36. He's still good. good We were talking about that in this space earlier today, too. I think he's still good. I'd be in. He was cut. I, that's oh yeah. Look at Jake. Jake's like, give me some John Johnson, John Johnson, and Kalias Campbell. Let's go. Kalias Campbell, and boom, let's cook, baby. Because it doesn't impact the comp picks for those wondering. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. Don't panic, Bengals fans. That 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 one's. Mm-hmm. I want that to be the message. Don't panic yet. It's uh, there's a, there's a long way to go, and maybe there's a time to panic. Maybe that's what happens. But let's just let this play out. Uh, when is the time to panic? Like panic i'm not panicking over free agency right now with the way this team is constructed and how important their offense is if they get to the season and they don't you know if they get through free agency in the draft they don't have a right tackle that makes a lot of sense and they don't have a safety that makes a lot of sense then you're a little worried about that or maybe a lot worried about that safety though, i mean tons of those guys still available the the time to panic could happen i don't think we're close to it that's all it could yeah look Um, at you analyzing when the time is to pay the answer is not now that's all. It's not yeah. now. And we don't need to go down the dark path of panicking. Yeah. Uh, you know, th- there are some deals out there that you like that the Bengals, you know, o- Ogo or Okoronkwo with Cleveland, three years, 22 million. Maybe, maybe you wanted the Bengals to be in on, on Okoronkwo. David Onyemeta with the Falcons, three years, 24 million. Maybe you wanted the Bengals to be in on Onyemeta. There are some guys out there that, you know, sign some deals that make sense. And, and Jesse Bates, four years, 64. The Bengals couldn't get that done last year. It, it probably comes down to guaranteed money there. But twenty-three uh, million in year one, thirty-six million through two years. Nah. But the Bengals aren't bad at that part of it. The Bengals are pretty good at, at getting the the cash flow going in the first two years. It's the guarantees, and so we don't know the guarantees yet. But that's where the Bengals are. Like I said, and, and I agree with you, James. Tons of safeties out there. Nothing to panic about yet at the safety position. We tried to prepare you. For the Bengals not being in on Mike McGlinchey, Jawan Taylor, Orlando Brown, that that level of uh, tackle. But Is Brown gone? He's still out there, right? He he's still out there, but I mean, never know. I, I'm not changing my tune about <laughs> no about that at this point. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of what I expected from day one. Not the players. Like I thought, Bell would be back and Pratt would be gone. That that's the thing that's different. But outside of that, nothing terribly surprising to me so far. Nope. No, I think uh, we'll see. TBD. TBD. Yep. But don't panic. Breathe. 
and know that we have you covered. Yeah, and as more does develop on the free agency front, we will have you covered here on Lockdown Bengals. We'll we'll have updates and analysis for you as soon as we can every day as we get through this free agency period. And until next time, we appreciate you listening. Have fun watching Twitter for those rumors. Try to avoid those fake rumor accounts. They'll do you no good. And uh, we'll talk to you next time here on Lockdown Bengals. Until then, who day? And have a good one.